and we are back and we are the run duo i am tommy mitchell what's up guys and i am india cook yes india what's up how you what's how going you, on tommy how you feeling <laughs> listen let's just say we're gonna pray i've been praying <laughs> that i'm not injured um but the soreness is real yes so, indeed yes the soreness indeed. is real but i am here i'm alive i'm shaking it is what it is. It was so good to see you this weekend, Tommy. Yes, indeed. We got to see each other this weekend. Before we get too far into it, just to let y'all know, this is episode 79 of the Run Duo podcast. We've been around for a minute now. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, we do have a guest, Coach B. Yes. from. Uh, let me make sure I'm saying this right. The Race Mob. Yes. The Race Mob podcast. He's uh, he's from the West Coast. Yes, um, We're going to have him on. He he. He's a, he's from the West Coast, but he traveled to the East Coast and he ran the uh, the Publix half marathon uh, this past weekend, along with myself. And Indy. we didn't run it at the same time, um, but he did run the course uh, uh, at the the same date as us. And when India's talking about hurting, she got a reason to hurt. It was it, <laughs> it wasn't it, it wasn't your everyday um, run. I ain't gonna lie to you. I mean, I, I give it to them that I love the way they set it up. Um, if I would have known they weren't as picky about the, the start times, I would have got there much earlier, um, and mm-hmm. gone ahead and started, but you know, whatever. But, um, and then we mentioned, we're talking about the Publix, yeah, um, the, the okay. 2021, uh, uh, Publix half marathon, uh, put on by the Atlanta track club. We ran that this past weekend. Yes. Um, Indy and I both started, uh, what time we start? 930? Yes. Saturday? Yes. 930. 9 30 on now, Saturday. Now let me say before we go talk about I know you just mentioned the start time. So I picked 9 30 because usually in February it's cold as crap outside in Atlanta. <laughs> and so I picked 9 30 because I was like, it'll be a little bit warmer and I won't be super, super freezing. But good old Georgia decided to be 77 degrees at 9 30 or 70 ish degrees, almost in the mid 70s at yeah. 9 30. On Sunday, February twenty eighth. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was interesting because now let me just say this: leading up to the race, all my training runs I did in the morning. You know, before the sun oh, was up, was usually, cold. and it was cold, like tights, mm-hmm. gloves, some mornings. You know, hat, mm-hmm. the whole nine. As we got closer and closer to race day, the temperature started sneaking up, and I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be warm." It's going to be um, warm. Not even people are like, oh, it's going to be nice. And I'm like, 70, 70 degrees to run a half or a full is not nice to run in. Like no. when you start and it's 70 and your body heats up that 20 degrees and mm. you feel like it's 90 outside. No, <laughs> no, it wasn't good. I felt bad for people who had prepared for the weather like it was a few days earlier. Yeah. I felt bad for them because I saw quite a few people out there running in tights, long sleeves, mm-hmm. um, you know, hats, the whole nine. Listen, and I'm like, I had the whole gotta- singlet and shorts on. <laughs> Oh, straight. Oh, I th- I was mad I didn't go uh, sleeveless because yeah. I, I was like, well, I'll just go with the sleeves because actually I had my, you know, fake sleeve. I don't know what you call them. The put on, you know, the pull up sleeves. sleeves. Yeah. Yeah. Arm I had sleeves. the arm sleeves in the car just in case I got there and felt like, OK, it is, you know, still a little cool. Um, But no, nah, you know, it was it was it was weather rather warm. But number one, let me say, congrats, you know, great job, Atlanta Track Club by putting on an in-person race in this, in this time period. Um, everything, the start and everything went off without a hitch, as far as I could tell. Um, for our time period, um, it was fun. They had the music going. They had the, you know, the MC going. And the, the, they did a very good job in matching 
the difficulty of the 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 original Publix half that is run usually in the in the city in the middle of Atlanta, they matched it pretty well when they put it out there at the um, Atlanta uh, Speedway because they had some good they had some good size heels going on out there. Yeah, there were definitely rolling hills. Um, I would definitely say that. So I get I got so many messages, Tommy, of people asking, do we run on the track the whole time, like in loops? And it's like, okay, guys. So if you're listening to this, the answer is no, we did not hit for the half marathoners. And um, for the half marathoners, we did not get onto the track until mile a little bit over mile 10. So we ran a 5k on the track, and it was the last 5k <laughs> on the track. So by the time I know for me, Tommy, by the time we hit the track, I was already done before we hit the track. But when we hit the track, I was really done. Like and when done, he told done. us we had two laps to go around that track and that track was so big, <laughs> I was like, Lord. <laughs> Honestly, the track to me, and you didn't run, you've never, I don't think you've ever run Savannah, but, um, and I was, there was a uh, coach Mark Monroe was out there. He, he yeah. ran it as well. And both of us said the same thing about the track, the track um, once we got on track, we felt like we were out on the highway in like we did in Savannah, because in the Savannah mm -hmm. Marathon, you run you actually get on the highway out there in Savannah and run part of it. That's what it felt like, because you're just so exposed to okay. the sun. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you can see it, but like when I got home, Heather was like, did you get sunburned? Because my face is like red because that yes. sun was beating down um, mm -hmm. on us. And I mean. You know, my there was I, no part of the course that was shaded, like no. everything was wide open, like there were no trees. But you know what? Some parts of the course I felt a breeze. Like some mm -hmm. parts of the course, I it was felt, headwind. Yeah, yeah. I felt the, the wind on me, which I liked because it, it kind of cooled me off. Um, but yeah. And I mean, of course, I you know, I'm not in I was not in tip top running shape at all, but you right. know, I'd done enough training where I knew I could could finish it, but it was a struggle. I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I had to, I had to uh, dig, dig deep on that one. Right. Yeah. Well, like I mentioned to you, Tommy, so I went into the race uncertain on kind of even if I was going to run because I had been having some lower leg and shin issues. Yeah. Um, but over the last couple of weeks, I had been really putting in like recovery and doing my stretches and rolling, like really putting in extra time to help with those. Um, and so I said, you know what, my plan for getting out there was to finish. I didn't have a goal time. I didn't have anything, but listen, Tommy, when we got out there, I literally was like, what in the world? Like I literally, it was not just, oh, gentle rolling heels. Like it was, they were, they were out there. They the humidity heels. didn't help. So for yeah. me, it was literally about finishing um, and getting it done. I did do a decent amount of walking on this one because I was like, I don't want to end up injured. Um, and so today we're recording on Tuesday, two days, two days after it, I'm, I'm still having some really bad soreness. So we're going to see, I'm going to give it a couple more days to see if the soreness goes away um, or minimizes to make sure it's not injury. Because of course, after a couple of days, if you're still having severe pain, it's more of an injury. Um, so I am, I am praying that that's not the case, but I mean, I was happy to have the experience. So it was a good experience to be out there on the track. Yeah, it was a good experience. I always take a medal that I earned. Uh, I'll take it every day. Listen, if I earn a medal, I'll take it. Thank, hey, I, yeah, I ran one. it. Thank you. All right, yes. I'll take it. So yeah. I'll definitely always take a medal that I earned. Mm -hmm. um, I enjoyed seeing a lot of people. We saw a uh, past guest, Tommy Daniels, um, out there. Um, mm -hmm. he, he was out there doing it. I mean, I think he felt the same thing. It was a little warmer uh, mm -hmm. than he anticipated being for the, the type of race that he wanted to run. 
Um, I, now I'm confused because I could have sworn I received a message from the Atlanta Track Club that we weren't allowed to have the vest. Dude, everybody had a vest on. Okay, so I'm shaking my head really, really hard right now. So so let me tell y'all this. So when it comes to, so yes, the vests were a not restricted item on the course. And I was frustrated too, even a couple of my friends, because we're like, okay, we know that they're not going to give us the full hydration. There's not going to be a lot of stops. And when we realized that the heat was going to be cracking up, like we were like, yeah, it was like two, two stops for two us stops. Out, of, out of 13 miles. Yeah. And so it was kind of like, if you didn't have it, it was really difficult. So for me, of course, because I'm an ambassador, I wanted to follow rules, but I had a vest. I had a, a cam, I had a vest that actually a larger one that could have took, could have did, I could have did a bladder on the back and I had the flat, fast, flat flask for the front that I could have used and I would have been straight the whole entire time. But listen, Tommy, when I got on that track, I asked the finish line. I was like, I got one more lap, but I need a water. Like I, there is no way <laughs> like they needed one more, wa- not even one more water stop, but they definitely needed a water stop. They need um, three more. They needed five. During those. Yeah, they needed yeah. five. But like during on the track section, they definitely needed an extra water stop. Like it was it was a little brutal. And, and it probably was more for us, too, because it was it was super hot outside. Yeah. And I mean, I understand that, you know, you plan this. And like I keep saying, leading up to it, it was cold. Yeah. Those two water stops would have been fine with the temperatures that had been, you know, going on before. But that day, you probably needed five. You probably needed a total of five water stops for the half. And then because you're looping on the full, you probably would have gotten enough, you know, for the full. But, yeah, I was just wondering if I – because I kept – I was like, I could have sworn it said no vest. Not that I don't have one. I don't have one. I wouldn't have worn one. So it didn't really matter. But I was just confused because I was like, I could have sworn that's what it said. But I kind of figured they weren't going to press it with what was going on. And I don't think they pressed it either for not. I don't think I know that they didn't because because I had another friend that was frustrated for the 10 miler. The same thing happened with the 10 miler. Mm-hmm. The vests are a restriction. And I would love to find out. I probably could find out why the vest is a restriction. Like what about it makes it unsafe or a mm-hmm. concern for them? Um, and I'm more than likely thinking that it's more of a safety thing. Like people can put certain items in it, but it's not like we're going through a, like a metal detector before we race. So it's kind of like. Yeah. What is it really? <laughs> yeah. But um, finding out what that reason for that. But the same thing happened for the ten miler. There wasn't really many water stops, and they wanted you to bring your own hydration, but they said no vest. So, but it, I did see a lot of people at the ten miler and at this race still with their vest on. And at this one, I think was more important than even the ten miler. Like, oh yeah, was, the ten miler. I didn't feel like, the having heat the like vest was today. needed. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was definitely. I actually, I had planned on bringing. I didn't bring any water because. I mean, I've been running 10-mile training runs with no liquid for, you know, training. So I really was like, uh, I, had it in, I had it in the car, and I just happened to forget it um, oh. when I got out of the car. And then I was – because I, I went, signed in and everything, got my shirt and all that, and then went back to the car and realized, oh, my God, my time is about to come up. Mm-hmm. So I was rushing, and I just forgot it. But then I was like, eh, yeah, I, I, I should be okay. I, I was not. I was – I was dying for that second water stop. I go lie to you. I was like, oh my God. And I, you know what? I, I was, I was like, y'all couldn't even just put some water out on the track. I mean, you know, just so. grab and go from the track. And I think that that was my concern too. Like the track, literally I was dying on the track. Um, yeah. Like when I, like I said, 
Cause when, so everyone that's listening, when we got on the track, we had to do two full loops, loops around the track and the track was about a mile and a half ish. And we had to cross on the first loop. You had to pass the finish line to do that second loop. And so when we were passing the finish line, I literally stopped and reached over. And I told the lady, I said, I know this is the finish line goods, but I need a water right now to even finish this race. <laughs> like, yeah, it was, and so she was, was really rough. nice and gave it to me, but I was like, ma'am, I need a water. It, so. it was it was definitely rough. Once again, I'll take I'll take a medal if I earn it, and we earned it. We earned Sunday's medal. I really <laughs> yeah. enjoyed it, and you know what, Tommy? Honestly, I was thinking the other day. I said, t- of course, there's going to be hiccups, right? But I think that Atlanta Track Club is really like surely stepping outside the box to keep these races going. Yeah, and I truly appreciate that. Even you know, ambassador or not, like I just think that they're doing what they can to continue to elevate the races and have them in different spaces and even with volunteering like I'm pretty sure they may have would have liked more water stops but I know at the last at the last hour they were still trying to even get volunteers and so I know it's hard and being at a pandemic like being in a pandemic who wants to stand in groups with random people during a pandemic and you know do certain things so I get it but yeah they were definitely asking you know at the last minute for for volunteers so I know that that was an issue too so yeah which I mean I completely understand that uh yeah it's just I think the heat threw everybody for a loop. I think everybody yeah. was really surprised because mm-hmm. you know what? Today, which is Tuesday, would have been a perfect day to yes. run. <laughs> I mean, because it's, it's back to being that nice, cool, you know, cool weather. So, you yeah. know, it, it, it is what it is. Um, so, I will say, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say the other thing was, did you feel like you were tricked the whole time? Like you feel like you see the track and you right there, but you're just not there yet. Yeah. Because like, basically we ran around the, the, perimeter of the track like the back street mm-hmm. of the track but the whole time there was times we were like so close to the track we were right there by entrances to get onto the track and they just veered us to the left <laughs> like no nah, go here to the right <laughs> yeah, go it here. was like you got two more miles this way and then we're gonna bring you <laughs> on back and it's like damn i just want to get on the track <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was kind of crazy because yeah because i it kind of broke my spirit when it yes. did bring me up and then it said oh you're gonna go over here and i could run and i was looking down you could look down at the track and yeah, we weren't even kinda... there yet we still had like two or three miles after yeah. looking down on the track to, before we even got on it <laughs> yes indeed and i apologize if anybody was out there that recognized me and i didn't recognize you i ain't gonna lie to you with mask on with people have masks on i don't know who you are it, i had to literally get almost right on top of test before i realized who she was <laughs> i was like who this light-skinned gal she yes. told me she saw you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So if anybody, because I know some people messaged me that said they think they saw me, but you know, I might have looked you in the eye and you know, if you got a mask on, I, I'm sorry, I got bad Same eyes thing. anyway. So, yeah. um. But um, I will. Let me give a little little note uh, to my boy, Coach Monroe. So, you know, he started after us. So as we okay, so the part when we first start and then you go up and then you go down and you're coming back up. So I saw Mark, I think, as I was coming back up the, the second little up out and back, coming back up. And I was walking <laughs> and, and Mark, Mark yells over to me, hey, if I was coaching you, you wouldn't be walking. Exactly. He does that every <laughs> single time. He did the same thing to me. I was like, coach, I'm hurt today. You can't be, you can't be getting on me. I'm hurt. Oh, today. my was God. Like, I was like, all right. So and actually in my head, I said, you know what? If you can, if he can catch me, if he can catch me, because I would had to be a good mile or so ahead of him. Yeah. I was like, if he can catch me, 
He can coach me. I <laughs> didn't say him, you? but I said it in my head. I'm on the track, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the track. I'm on, I'm on my first lap on the track, and I get that little nudge. Oh, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I get I that. Know, you know, you know Mark does. He gave me that little nudge as he went past. I said, dog. So, <laughs> and I told Mark, I told him this afterward. I said, Mark, you, I said, I, I told him what I said in my mind when he yelled that to me. And I said, all right, you my coach. So I'm going to let Mark coach me for my next race, which I guess will be the, um, the Petrie. Petrie is like 18 weeks away. Yeah. So that'll be the next race. We'll find something. I'm going to find, because, you know, summer, there's no half marathons. Um, but Mark is going to be my coach. So y'all going to hear me report. I'm gonna st- we gonna we already set up to have a meeting on Thursday, and we are gonna see what okay. he gonna do for me. We are gonna see what he gonna do for me, cause I mess with Mark constantly. Cause I'm always cut. Anytime there's somebody else, I'm like, dang, Mark, they got more people than you do. Where, where are your people at, Mark? <laughs> so I mess with him a lot. But because of that, and he called and passed me on in the race that I had a good mile on him. Yeah. You know, and anybody that knows Mark, Mark has a real odd gait. Yeah, he does. He runs. He has a real odd gait, but he gets it done. Yeah, so, and he stays steady and he gets exactly. at it. But he also, when he catch you walking, oh, it's a wrap. He, he gonna talk crap. He gonna be like, what you doing? You better stop. You better go. Like he, and in a in a motivating, but get your ish together yeah, type way. Yeah, and Mark's definitely fun. He's one of my, he's definitely one of the, the, the people I'm glad I met when I joined the running community here in Atlanta. So Mark, yeah. I'm gonna give you a shot um to coach me and we're gonna see what happens we're gonna see what he does for me you see okay. if he's better than uh than uh than, what's the other one i used to do all the time the book i always read how higdon yeah i we're mean gonna, not, how not higdon. how higdon who did i who are we talking uh, about Hancock? no i can't remember anymore because i don't even read it because I, I don't even have time to do that work that workout anymore so Hanson. Hanson, Hanson. Hanson. so Ooh, we'll yeah. see if mark can get me you know i'm not expecting him within 18 weeks to get me back to where i'm running you know what I was running before the child, but I definitely want to see, you know, what, what kind of thing he puts together. Me, so I'll, I'll I'll report that back to you. See what Mr. Monroe is doing for me. Maybe we'll bring him on the show if if I'm in triumph uh, with it. So he said he's gonna get me get my nutrition together too, because he can tell I ain't eating right. Because I'm not. I am really not. So anyway, but that was our experience um, yes. at the 2021 Public Half Marathon. There was a marathon that took place as well. Um, the same day they had a 5K the night before and basically from what I would tell it was a good it was a good turnout yeah definitely a good turnout uh, I want to say congratulations to um, Olympian Molly Seidel she won the half marathon she came here and ran the half um, she did it in 108.29 and it was her personal best by 50 51 seconds and she actually was the second fastest half marathon ever run in Georgia so congratulations Molly you know what you see that kind of mess it, it just makes me mad because I feel like I, you know, because I've run. This is my first half marathon. I've run half, mar- half marathons before. And, and I go, oh, that was a hard course. And then somebody comes, oh, I'm going to set a record. And, you know, yeah. the fastest oh. I've ever run. And yeah. I'm going to do this. You know, it's just yeah. like, really, was was the course that hard or am I just that out of shape? You know what I'm saying? I just. Yeah. I mean, but you, you're looking at, you're looking at Olympians. Uh, so they're turned up for it. And that's just what they do. Yeah, I, I guess so. I, I guess I can take it, take it like that. But yeah, it, it was definitely um, a good experience. I will say this, and I'm, and try, am I wrong? Was the only way out of that stadium was up through the bleachers? Am I wrong? Because I was like, there's got to be another way out of here. 
They're not asking asking me to climb these bleachers to get out of this stadium. I know they're not asking me to do this. They totally asked us to climb the bleachers to get out of the stadium. <laughs> and it was brutal for us to do it after a half or a full. Oh, like, I had to stop and sit down. I couldn't, I couldn't I didn't get it done stop the first because time. I knew if I stopped, my whole body was going to lock up and I would never get back up. And so I was like, let's just keep going. Because Braxton, Braxton came and cheered. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, why don't you just take a quick break? And I'm like, no, because if I stop, I'm you're going to be carrying me to the car. And I know you don't want to do that. Where did you park? Did you get VIP parking? Well, he went and moved our car. So, yeah. Okay. See, I was out there. How do we get, how do you, I mean, if they would have told me there was VIP to park in the parking lot, I definitely would have paid it. It was worth it. It would have been worth it that day. Well, I think at one point there wasn't, when, when we didn't initially park up front, we initially parked in the back, but I think at, in the middle of things Happening. moving around and people yeah. leaving, they wanted everybody to pull up forward. So, yeah, well, I should have had somebody there to do that for me because. That was a, tr- that was almost, and I'm, before I forget, because, and I'm not going to, you know, if you know what kind of shoes I run in, great. I'm not going to mention the shoes, but at Thomas Mitchell was changing shoes. My feet locked up after mile 10. Like I had crazy, well, only in my right foot. I had a crazy foot cramp in my right foot. And that really kind of, kind of broke my spirit. So yeah, I'll yeah. be looking for, I'll be trying out some new shoes. I'm not to disparage the shoes I was wearing because I think shoes are relative. Some are great on some people, not great on other people. So, Well, you know what? You and I were transitioned to trying those shoes at the same time. And mm -hmm. I didn't start. I have never had issues with shin splints. Mm -hmm. But I think over the last month or so through my training, I was transitioning into those shoes from my other ones. And I wasn't wearing those every day, but switching. And I think that that's kind of what's kicked off. And not saying it was the shoes in general, but, you know, when you change stack height and stuff like that, yeah. it definitely can change things with your body. Yeah. And I think that the transition back in of me trying to get used to those new shoes and trying to find something different definitely caused my shins to flare up. So, Well, I mean, the whole point I went to those shoes was because of the padding, because I felt like at the end of marathons and half marathons, the thing that was holding me back was my legs were getting tired. And I felt like, well, if I can get more padding, my legs won't get as tired, but, you know... If, if your foot's seizing up, it doesn't make any difference. But, um, <laughs> dude, I was like, I mean, if, if, it, if it hadn't been mud parking lot, yeah. I would have walked to the car barefoot easily, yeah. you know, um, and without any kind of gear check, which I understand why they don't have it. But usually I put flip-flops in my gear check to put those on to get out of my running shoes because that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's the first thing I want to do whenever I'm running a distance of that, you know, something of that distance. I want to get in some flip-flops. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't wrong about them because I figured I made a wrong turn. I no, must have made, made a, a wrong I thought turn. I made a wrong turn. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I saw your picture. You look like you climbed all the way up to the top of the stadium. <laughs> I was like, what you nah, that was at the exit where we where we needed to go out. I was just all now, about anybody who has followed India. Y'all need to look at that picture and see how, how up she is. That's how we got out of the stadium. Exactly. And we had to do 13 miles and then climb all them dogs. Man. <laughs> Woo. Anyway. So that's yes. that's my final part about <laughs> about Publix. Um, but before we bring on um Coach B, let's talk um something that you sent me today. Yes. The Boston Marathon, it's unheard of. The Boston Marathon is gonna have a virtual portion of seventy thousand people. Yes. That you do not have to qualify for. You do not have to um, get donors. You just sign up if you get in that first. If you're over 18, 
-hmm. it's virtual. Mm -hmm. Now, the fact that, uh, I, I mean, I know people have done I, it. I would, I'm not a big virtual fan of marathons, so I probably, I would not be doing it, but unless they were going to actually send me a finisher's jacket, then I might do it. But well, let's, <laughs> let's, let's back up a little bit for our listeners that don't understand this, of the allure of the Boston Marathon. So first of all, the Boston Marathon is a marathon that is kind of the elite marathon of them all. And this is because majority of individuals that run the Boston Marathon, you have to qualify, meaning you have to have a particular time to even get a bib or even potentially be considered to run the Boston Marathon. Now, there are ways you don't have to just qualify. You can also do charity, but the charity amount is like 10 or 20K. Like it's, 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 it's a lot of money. Like it's not... 2,000, 5,000 that you can just pull from your own bank account. Like this is yeah. money that you need, you have to really put up to be able to get into this, this race. And so there is a, there is a big allure to it. So if you can qualify for Boston, you are considered the best of the best. So just to kind of put it into perspective. So I am 30, how old am I? 37, 36, 36. So in order for me to qualify for Boston, I have to run, I don't care about the whole age thing in women. I don't care about that. Anyway, I have to run three hours and 35 minute marathon to even qualify for Boston. Tommy, do you know what your time is? No, I stopped looking after I stopped. Playing. I want to say yours is, and I didn't get the whole thing, but I want to say that yours is like 310, somewhere yeah, around there. Crazy. And marathon you probably have to actually to run a qualify three. Yeah. for the Boston. Well, now, put that, even with that though, even if they say that's a qualifying time, but in, in reality, you probably got to run about 10 minutes, 15 minutes faster than that actually to get in. Because there's so many people that are crushing those times and there's not a lot of slots to get in. So, so now today, as we're recording this on Tuesday, Boston just, just made the announcement that they are moving, not moving the race, but they are allowing the Boston Marathon to now be virtual. You do not have to qualify. There's 70,000 entries available. You can walk, run it however you want, and you can get in. So listen, Tommy, I know you said you did it, but looking at these comments, they are back to back to back of just people being frustrated. And I get the piece of, there's people that work years to qualify for Boston. And now all of a sudden, uh, every it's some people are saying some everyday everyday Joe Blow walkers are able to get this medal that people work for for years to get into, and there there are people that are frustrated. Well, I mean, and I can understand people. Okay, so let's set it up like this: if this virtual means that I'm going to get a medal just like the person that runs in person, if I'm going to get a finisher shirt just like the person does in person, yes, you should be mad. Yes. But my other, my other part, because I mean, and I, I, I don't know this for sure. So I'm sure people will call me out if I'm wrong. I'm not sure how difficult the actual Boston Marathon course is. It is difficult. It is not. It's, it's, it's. They have a hill that is similar to like cardiac, so it's not yeah. an easy course, and the weather is very tricky. So it's not. So it's always tricky in that time of the year. So it's not easy. Well, I guess living in Atlanta, I, you know, when you say hills, I'm, I'm doing the Kanye shrug right now because I live right. in Atlanta. There's hills everywhere. I mean, okay. Whereas, I mean, I can understand if somebody's going to get the same medal, finish a shirt, and they're running, you know, the flatlands of Arizona, you know, I could definitely understand where you're coming from. But I guess my thing, and, and there are, 
there are some people. Um, I'm sorry, my dog's barking. Um, there are some people. No, don't come back. Um, so there are some people who do distinguish themselves as I'm a Boston qualifier, as opposed to some people who run it because they got in through um charity. Right. There, there are people who do that. I, I mean, to me, if you if you're not mad about people getting in through charity, then you shouldn't be mad about this. I mean, what's what's I mean? But I think but, that there are so many people that I get what you're saying, but I think the people that work for the charity chair to get that charity money, that's work too. Like I yeah, you're right. Pray for people that I praise people that put in the work and the energy to get to qualify for Boston. I also praise people that feel that can raise the amount of money that Boston requires to do charity. I'm not, a, I'm not a fundraising girl. Like that's just not my jazz. That's not my strive. If I got a fundraise more than likely either, I'm just going to give it to you out of my pocket or I won't do it at all. That's just yeah. kind of how I work. Yeah. Yeah. But so I give praise to that. But I also like my feelings is I do find Boston to be an elite thing. I feel like they should make sure that the medals are very different from the in-person and the out and, and the virtual, because that will definitely change the allure of the race. Just like they did New York for last year. If you did New York virtual, your, your medal said New York virtual. It's not the same as in-person. Now, if they decide to give the same exact medal as they they do to the in-person, I feel like that is kind of a, it, a slap in the face. Like, I feel like it is. Now, of course, the flip side to it is the people that are going to be able to get in person, I think those odds are going to be even slimmer and your qualifying time going to need to be like an hour faster. I'm exaggerating, but it's going to need to be, <laughs> it's going to need to be really, really good. And it's, it's causing the people that have already worked their behind off to get your 10 minute, five minute qualification over what is already the qualifying time to even work even harder because of the, the, I feel like the qualifying times are just gonna are going to get tighter are going get going to get even tighter. Now, as a devil's advocate, the other piece to it, some of the comments that I'm seeing is very disrespectful. I think to people that may not be able to qualify, i.e., me. Like I'm not in any range. I got to cut hours off of my half marathon off of my marathon time to get into Boston. Now, I'm not gonna sit here and say it's not possible, but it will take a long time for me to cut hours off my time. Let's just be realistic. So am I excited about the option? I think it's great for people that that more than likely are people that feel like they will never be able to run Boston if they needed to qualify. There are people that are like that. However, I think that there is a thing that we need to really take a step back and realize these are COVID times. These are times that we're having to pivot and look at different things, look at different options. And then we also have to think about these companies miss out on so much money. Like if y'all continue to want these races to stay around, y'all got to accept these piv this pivot stuff that they doing. Like at the end of the day, the, a lot of these companies could go ghost and no longer be a company at all. And y'all not even going to have no race. So either y'all going to let other people run these races and y'all can be upset or y'all cannot have the races at all because they ain't got no money. <laughs> well, I can tell you, I mean, we're going to find out in 2022 because there's already marathons that are canceling or this for this year or going virtual for this year um, already. Not, you know, no major marathons. This is the first major marathon that I've seen that they're, um, well, London is doing a virtual portion too. Um, 
but they're not going completely virtual. They're still going to mm -hmm. have some in person, but there are some that are going completely virtual. And we're going to see in 2022 how many of these companies survive because they're yeah. going some of these companies are going to go away. I mean, there's no doubt about it because they're not able to run in person. And I'm with you, India. Look, pull up your pull up your pants and just get mm -hmm. over it. Pull up your pants. Yeah. If you're if you're running qualifying times, you can go there in person. More power to you. But don't don't fault the companies for trying to do what they got to do to to stay in business. So that next so the next time it will be back to normal. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I don't you know I I don't know what else to say. I'm I'm um I it was hard I can't but like I said I I don't think that it's going to be like this but yeah I would have a problem if everything was exactly the same between the virtual and the in person if it's not it's not it's a non issue in my opinion yeah you and know? then you know the conversation or the thought also came up like what does this look like these virtual options what does it look like for the five star for the six stars yeah, well maybe that's not you know going toward the, the six star. star. I, there it needs to it should not i feel like it should not go towards it no. because those need to be like completely in person but i think we also i hope that conversation is being had because we need to think about what if this is life you guys like what if this is going to be the next couple of years because new strands of COVID is coming or are here and da, 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 da. like i hope not but I think we need to do better with being more open-minded to the other options that this could be life or this could we could know this could be normalcy and we can no longer we may not be going to what it used to look like in 20, 2019 of yeah. what racing used to look like we may not ever get to that again yeah you're, you're right you're definitely right but yeah I, I saw a lot of the comments and I was a little I was disappointed like yeah people. first off if you got enough energy to be upset about this dude you I want your life because you must not have nothing else going on because right. I ain't got that kind of time to, you know, I don't like, have that okay. time of time or the energy. <laughs> exactly. I got, you know, I got other things to worry about besides who's getting to run virtual Boston. Um, I'm not a big fan of running 26.2 virtually. I want, I need a crowd. I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I don't think I could even like the kind of race we ran on, on Sunday. We needed more crowd support. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have been able to run 26.2. Um, I would have, of course trained better, but still wouldn't have been able to run uh 26.2. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, without crowd support. So I, I definitely need a, a crowd. So I, I won't be signing up for it, but more power to anybody that does. If there's right. a group here in Atlanta that's actually going to do it, like if it's a bunch of y'all going to sign up and you guys are going to find a place and have a finish line, let me know. I'll come up and cheer my hell. I'll cheer for you all day. Yeah. I'll, I will give me your medal. I will hang it on your neck. So, yeah. you know. Same, same. I just <laughs> don't think that it's, I can't run a full, like, let alone a half. It's a struggle for me to run a virtual half. It's a struggle for me, honestly, to run anything virtual. I really don't care for it, but I do it just because this is what life is. And I've kind of accepted that this is what is going to be. But at the end of the day, it's like, hmm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, so. I don't race virtuals. I just do. Um, you get them done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I usually, if I'm doing a virtual, it's because I'm going to run that amount of mileage anyway. Um, we got Coach <laughs> B. About to come in. We're going to just let him come into the conversation. Hold We're on. We're going to let second. him come on in. Yeah, let him come on in. What up? What is up? <laughs> huh? Damn. Coach B, just <laughs> to let you know, we are already recording. So we just letting you flow into the conversation. All right. <laughs> All right. Oh, don't worry. It's not live. So, you know, whatever you say can be edited, of course. Got How it. you doing today, sir? Man, I feel good. Coach I got your shirt on too. I do. I purchased this one, but I have that one too. But we I purchased this one. <laughs> good times, man. I yes, love indeed. Georgia. 
I love the greater Atlanta area and um, I'm still on cloud nine. I mean, I cannot stop smiling. I cannot. Listen, so Coach B, before we get into Publix, quick question. Did you hear the news today about Boston being, being able, you can now register for Boston full, the, like the, the marathon, even if you don't qualify for it. Did you hear that news today? No. Yes. So we just Wait. got done. We were just chatting about it, me and Tommy. So basically they are opening up Boston Marathon to 70,000 entrants. Um, and you don't have to qualify for it. You qualify for it. You can run walk, but the first 70,000 individuals can register and you can do it virtually. So of course, as you know, I'm pretty sure as you know, as a runner and as a coach, the internet is blowing up because people are very disappointed in that news because yeah. of the, 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 the elitism that comes with sure. being able to run the Boston Marathon. Um, and so it's very interesting. What are your thoughts on that? I know your facial expression was like, what? <laughs> wow. I mean, I'm, I'm torn. I mean, that's something that I aspire to do at some point. I know the level of training it takes. I know that, you know, the, uh, and I know it would be uh, tough for me. Um, it's, it's weight loss. It's, it's, uh, very regimented training that I think I have in me at some point, but I had kind of res reserved myself to the fact that I would get in uh, fundraising for a charity that was near and dear to my heart. So I figured that that was, that was going to be my end. Mm -hmm. I have several athletes that I coach that are participating that have been pushed and pushed, you know, from 2020 to 2021, April, now the fall, but I get the people who have worked hard and have qualified and called themselves IBQ'd. Um, yeah. and made the cut and the race day is there and those people who it's been a bucket list item for so long and mm -hmm. now that they have a real chance to actually participate and right. run that historic course I mean I see it on both sides and the more people that can run in Boston I'd say the better and um, I think it's I think it's a blessing in disguise because what we do know is that there are going to be people who have qualified that maybe have run it before in the past that may be less inclined to because of the pandemic they may have their own legitimate concerns on being around crowds, even with vaccine or not, that I think maybe the field size, all things being equal, if they didn't remove that qualifying waiver, the field size may have been smaller anyway. So yes. Um, so they've already said that they're, um, so everyone that has that kind of open qualification, it will be virtual. It won't be on the field. And then okay. they did mention that they are going to do, they're going to do both. So there is going to still be an in-person race, but they have already acknowledged that the field size is going to be very small. Um, uh, so yeah. I think on the piece of that, I think it's going to, so for your people that you already coach, it's going to make that qualifying time probably even tighter. It, it, it continues oh, to get faster wow. and faster every year, yeah. but I think it's going to make it even tighter. And who knows, they may just allow it to be your professional elite. You know, okay. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. But um, I think that they haven't announced that yet. And they haven't announced when the registration for this option is going to be open. But they definitely said that the field size was going to be a lot smaller. So Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, th that's kind of to be expected. I mean, all yeah. of the, the uh, late winter spring marathons have all been pushed that's why this past weekend was so special yes. in atlanta so and we can yes. get to more of that in, in detail but uh yeah we will see we will see yes, yes well, now go ahead and, and we just, yeah let's give him the introduction <laughs> go ahead and give him the introduction 
Yes. So for anyone that continues to listen to the Run Duo, um, a couple of months ago, we had the option of or the pleasure of meeting Coach B with the Race Mob when we did a panel for the race. Um, and we connected with a lot of other podcasting platforms that are doing amazing things in our community. And we were able to meet Coach B, and he was so amazing. So definitely go back and check that out. Um, Coach B is in California. And he actually was able to come here in Atlanta. Coach B is a podcaster. He is also a RRCA certified run coach. So he also coaches athletes and just an amazing individual. So welcome, Coach B. I'm sorry, we threw you into the fire without even giving you a proper introduction. It's exactly how I roll too. So, you know, you're able to give it out, got to be able to take it. So um, my pleasure. Thank you both, India and Tommy. You're welcome. So Coach B was able to come to the good, good Atlanta and run the Publix half marathon that Tommy and I were just talking about. Um, prior to you coming on, Coach B, we were able to give like our feedback on kind of how the race was, but we want to talk to you about it. How was being in Atlanta? I mean, the course, the race was cool, but the food. And we could talk, we have a whole episode about okay. the food. Um, yeah, it was great. I'm not talking about the food on the course. I'm talking about the food of the greater Atlanta area. Okay. Um, but family, food, and fitness all played a role in one of the most special weekends I've had in a long time because of those three factors, things that I love. I love food. I love my family, especially my siblings and my two twin sisters. It was their very first timed half marathon. And they went from couch to half marathon in a oh, two wow. month training uh, program that I was very fortunate to be able to put together for them. But it was less about me coaching them and them putting in the work. I mean, that's what it all boiled down to. They they grinded it out. And my brother who's run um, before in the past, I mean, he's run for the last you know six, seven years or so, completed several half marathons at a marathon. Um, but for the all four of us, and there's a couple of you know backstories that I, I, I'll share as well that I think India may have some 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 clue on um, mm -hmm. that just made it even more special. Greater than being siblings, there's just a couple things that happened this past week and that this came full circle for our family. So I'm gotcha. happy that it was able to happen in the backdrop of the great city of Atlanta. Now, and just to confirm, Coach B, so does your family live here in Atlanta or did y'all meet here in town or? It's a good question. I have a sister that lives um, in the uh, suburb of Atlanta. Uh, they went to my sisters that are twins. They went to school uh, in Atlanta at Morris Brown uh, many years ago, and one stayed behind. Um, one came back to California. So, you know, we do have uh, blood there in uh, Atlanta. So we, we get back from time to time. I was there last year and ran the um, Atlanta uh, Marathon for the first time. Okay. And now, did you bring up the idea of, hey, let's all meet in Run 13.1 miles. I've tried that with my family. They all laughed at me and hung up. So <laughs> that's good. You know, how, how that happened is last year, um, my brother also ran. He ran the half marathon. I ran the full marathon. And my sister, who lives in Atlanta, um, came out with my niece and watched us finish. And she's like, mm -mm. okay, this is the last time I'm watching you fools finish. I'm, I'm there. Next year, I'm there. Oh, nice. Yeah, my brother and I were like, Oh, okay. We hear you. We hear you. <laughs> I know she's going to be watching this. So. <laughs> and, you know, to her credit, um, you know, we, we talked about it. And then, you know, what sisters will do, especially when you have a twin sister, if one is in, the other was in. So then it was on. And I reminded them, you know, towards the end of November, beginning of December, like, hey, guys, I mean, the clock is ticking. I already have my airfare. I'm in. 
And I didn't know if the event was going to actually happen. So I reached out to Coach Tess, a mutual friend of ours. Um, and she's like, you know, Coach B, it's likely that it's going to happen because we're having it offsite um, at a contained location, um, ample spacing, you know, to respect social distancing, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, okay. So once I signed up, then they were in and it held them accountable because of the training and they had put money on it as well. So once you have some financial skin in the game and you see a sibling, like one sister knocked out 5k, boom, the next sister, I'm going four miles. Oh, I'm doing a 10k. I'm doing eight miles. So they kind of held each other accountable with the training program I put in front of them because, you know, if one didn't do it, um, we knew that it was going to impact race day and nobody wanted to let the other sibling down by not putting in the work. So once I saw them and we would have weekly Sunday Zooms and talk about the training, um, talk about hydration and nutrition, um, getting new shoes, getting fitted, gait analysis, all those things for new runners. Um, but they just kind of fell in love with the training and the rest I felt would kind of take care of itself on race day. They all got up to about a 10 or 11 mile long run before tapering a bit and then having fun on Sunday, race day. Nice, nice. So were you, did you, well, let me ask you, did you all look at the video? Cause Atlanta track club put out a YouTube video of the course. Did you all look at that or were you like, how did y'all train in preparation? Cause I know that you could have given them what you encountered last year for Publix, which was different than the course this year. But you also know what Atlanta kind of looks like with rolling heels. Like, how did you prepare them for the course? You know, another good question. Um, yes, we did watch that video when it eventually was released. Was I think it was what maybe three weeks before race day? Um, mm -hmm. it, 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 it wasn't a lot a long lead time for that video to come out. Um, and we knew it was gonna be less hills than what the actual race in Atlanta had the prior year. And their goal, our goal was just to finish. We weren't really focused. The only time was under three hours and 30 minutes. So um, granted my brother and his, a couple of his friends last year finished just under three hours. I think my sisters wanted to beat that time. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, the goal was just to finish. And if we needed to walk up the hills, uh, jog out the flats and jog on the downhills, we felt based on the training that they would be able to navigate to the finish. And fortunately, you know, that was the case. So just letting them know, don't get caught up on what the course may look like. I need mm -hmm. you to be focused on the training. And if you follow this progressive training program, getting in, you know, walk, run intervals with rest days, uh, some cross training, staying on top of your nutrition and hydration, knowing what works for you nutrition wise on your training run. So as much as you're practicing the run, also practice on your gut you know, what gels, what goos, what hydration is going to work for you. So that's not all new to you on race weekend. And right. all that just kind of came together for them. So it was less about, and I, you know, gave them an idea on what the course profile might be. But when we got a chance to see the, the video as they navigated, when somebody was on the bike and then one of the race officials was, you know, running the course, mm -hmm. that was, it gave them some peace of mind. Um, so. Good, good. Tom. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't want to <laughs> let's, let's get into, you know, the whole um, running with the family. So confirm for me again, who ran what? Because I know you said a couple people ran the half. Yeah, I, I will. So this, mm -hmm. this year, 2021, mm -hmm. uh, Saturday, uh, my niece Bailey, um, 14 years young, um, super smart, 
And she's like, hey, if my mom is putting in the work, you know, I think initially she was she was training with my sister who lives there in Atlanta, mm. um, but didn't get in the full training cycle. So elected not to do the full or the, the, the half marathon um, and said, OK, uncle, I want to run the 5K. And I'm like, all right, if you're going to run the 5K, I'll go ahead and pace you. So on Saturday, we told the line at just after 530 and the gun went off. And as much as I uncle coach uh, talked about the importance of an even split or negative split that all went out the window <laughs> it went all all out the window the first mile she was gone and i was really having to work to keep up with her and i think we're like just right around nine minutes which was okay. real good mm -hmm. but she had never run a nine minute pace in any of her training so i said okay she was All excited right. that adrenaline yes. was going. <laughs> yes. But sometimes when you go out too fast, you're going to have to pay the piper. And ultimately we did. Um, she caught her breath and, you know, midway point, And we just kind of navigated to the finish. She initially wanted to run sub 40. And then she said sub 35, we ended up 33 and change. Mm, and hey. uh, for her mother, um, her aunt and uncles to be out there watching her finish, it was just a good way to start off the weekend. And then the siblings, we all ran the half marathon so um and the goal initially was for the four of us to start together and to finish together you know some plans that always go as scripted because my sisters they were in the zone i mean they they got on it they finished around i think 242 for their first time out wow. and my brother right around mile number two and he doesn't mind me saying this like he'll be if you are going to talk about a race experience i want you to keep it real mm -hmm. so here you go at mile two the wheels started to get a little wobbly, you know, and uh, he's had some significant calf discomfort. And with my brother, yep, my brother, uh, <laughs> yep, as some people know, um, who are, are, will be listening to this, uh, had a kidney transplant in 2007, mm. gifted by our sister, Bashana. Mm. So by him being a kidney transplant survivor, dealing with all the anti-rejection medication, diabetic, his body just is, is, is in a different state than, than most others. So you never know on race day. And for him, you know, out the gates, it was, it was tough. And there was a point just after the 5K mark when we kind of circled back to that hairpin turn, not too far mm -hmm. after the start where his mm -hmm. wife was there. And he was giving some real thought on potentially pulling out. But I, so I gave him some space. I let him get ahead of me and let him make that decision. And once you made the right, I knew that it was just one foot in front of the other and that we eventually would get to the, the finish line. Uh, he encouraged me to run ahead and, and run with our sisters, but it's like, hey, they got each other and I got you. So let's just focus on each mile and we'll we'll get under the, the three hours and 30 minute deadline. Um, so that just made the journey a little longer, but allowed us to soak it up and the, the, the family fellowship, the conversations we had. And again, for all four of us to be participating, how proud our parents are, how proud our kids are. Um, and it's something that as siblings, we can now meet up at different parts of the United States and run together in the future. And there's a little bit of now sibling competition. Like my brother's like, okay, I see you sisters. You, you got me this time, but I'm, I'm coming back. So that's a good thing. You know what? Like those type stories for me, those are the memories that warm your heart. Those are the things that stick with you. And those are the type of races that give you the motivation and the discipline and the push to get out there and keep going. And I know for me, so like a lot of times we can get down on ourselves about not having a good race day. We can get frustrated. We can get discouraged. We can say, you know what? I never want to run again. But for those people that can change those 
not so great race days around and take it as motivation. That's what's inspiring and important for people. And to hear those type stories can help to push someone that may have had a not so great race day to keep going. So thank you, Coach B, for, yeah. for doing that. And congratulations to you and your siblings. Like that's thank a you. huge deal. Thank you. Thank and you. And Go oh, ahead, I'm Tom. sorry. Go ahead, B. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. There was a, a picture that I shared with uh, India, and um, it was my brother at the end of the race on the racetrack, uh, kind of bent over at the knees. And if you were just to look at it at face value, you would say, oh, someone had a tough day in the office. Mm -hmm. But it was it was deeper than that. Um, the sister who lives in Atlanta is not the sister who donated the kidneys. The sister lives out here in California. But it was that sister who lives in Atlanta uh, whisper, whispered in my brother's ear and said, you know what? I dedicated this race to you. Mm. And my brother's like, oh, you know, that's cool. She's like, wait, um, I'm getting healthier because of you, because of the event that you may need another kidney in the future. I want to be I want to be well enough to be able to do that for you. And it just, it just hit us all right in the gut. You know what I'm saying? So again, it's, um, it's the beauty of family, the beauty of fitness, the beauty of your, it's never too late for you to, to discover your inner athlete and to be woke and get on it. Um, and it doesn't mean you have to switch up the diet. It doesn't mean you have to run 50 miles a week, but doing a little something can do a lot and inspire others in your your uh, family and friends periphery. So. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you for stuff. that. I needed that on this good good Tuesday. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, it yeah. definitely. Um. Thank your you. story definitely shows the importance of in person races. How important? I mean, to people who don't run, people aren't part of the marathon percentage. You know, they probably think, so what? So what if you know people don't run in person? You can run anywhere. True, but. Your story tells us how important in-person running is because it gave you an opportunity for your family to come together um, and celebrate something, you know, that yeah. maybe you wouldn't have had the opportunity to do without this race. We could do virtual and I, you know, we can do virtual races all day long. I mean, I'm the co-chairman of a, a, a successful virtual race. Um, that gives back to military charities, Taji 100, you know, we're going to give them probably a check close to $100,000 this year based off of the virtual uh, race uh, contributions. But yeah, I mean, getting on a plane or driving somewhere with a common goal, um, with friends and family, then seeing your fellow community members that are runners as well, on all different fitness levels, different shapes and sizes and ethnic backgrounds, all there, you know, repping and stepping. I missed it and it was fan it was fantastic. I mean, I I couldn't have asked for a better experience. And the family component just made it just put it over the top for me, you know. Yeah, so. that was amazing. You know, Coach B, when you told us that you were running with family, I'm like, oh, that's great. But this, like hearing the story behind it just makes it a thousand times better. So Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you to your family for allowing you to um, share those experiences. And these are the type of things that I love to hear. Like, this is what keeps me going. Know that, you know, there can be some bumps in the road, but this is what running does and brings people together. And I mean, we, we missed you on Sunday because everybody was in different places. Me and Tommy was having our own um, shuffling and trying to get to the finish line. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Clearly it was yes. really hot, yeah. but it was really good to know that you were here in Atlanta and you were able to experience some goodness that we would be able to, we were able to provide for you. So that's awesome. Thank you. And I'm hoping to get back in October, you know, um, yes. for, for the race. That's, that's the goal. Um, there's another, uh, there's a San Jose rock and roll event that 
uh, my team, uh, Too Legit Fitness, we generally pace. So if there's a live event, there might be a conflict that weekend. I'll probably be stuck here. But if the, the events don't go off the same weekend, I'll be back out there for the race half oh, marathon definitely. with family members uh, as well. So yes. most definitely. And we'd love to and see you know, that. We're all about the race. <laughs> now, let's talk about the most fun about running a race in another city is the food. You talked about it earlier, man, because I, you know, I don't run. I'm not a person that travels a lot in races. But when I have New Orleans, uh, mm. Chicago, uh, you mm. know, I loved it. So tell us your experience of, of coming to our fair city and enjoying our food. Well, for day one um, was, uh, boy, yeah, uh, fried chicken in downtown Atlanta. Um, it's a joint that's based in Tennessee that has a spot there. They have one in Oakland that opened up last year. Patty um, B's? No. Mm -mm. Man. Mary Max? No, went to Mary Max last year. Um, it wasn't Hattie B's. Nope. Um, I could look it up, but oh, fan, fantastic. And it's, uh, I think they're attached to that, but there's that food court attached to the uh, Hyatt Regency and they have a spot in there, um, but oh, very good. Spicy, crispy fried chicken to kick things off on Friday. And then after that, I was jonesing for some peach cobbler. So I found the peach cobbler cafe. Mm -hmm. Ooh, wee. <laughs> mm, mm. Mm. And I mean, I'm a California boy. I can get some peach cobbler, but not like it, you know, you guys throw down here in Atlanta. So um, that set me up quite nice. And see, what do we do on Saturday? Um, kept it a little light, you know, pulled things back, you know, carved up quite well. And then uh, post race, went to a barbecue joint um, about 10 minutes outside of the racetrack. So it wasn't in downtown Atlanta, but uh, yeah, good experience overall. Good experience. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. You'll have to tell us who that fried, with the fried yeah, chicken. Yeah. You know what? You know what's so funny is that we, I, I think Tommy and I talked about this and we were interviewed on, was it Stride Run podcast? We were talking about how sometimes when you live in a city, there's certain places that we don't go to because we live here. But when other people come, they go to these places and we're like, oh, we need to try that out. <laughs> Gus's, Gus's fried chicken. Gus's fried. I have oh, heard of Gus's. Yeah, yes, I've yes, yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. Money. Yes. Money. Yes. Definitely. Awesome. So you enjoyed it. So so the cobbler was the number one thing from your No, it was the chicken. It was a chicken. Was I'm chicken. Not gonna, okay. The chicken chicken was good. The chicken was uh always, I mean from when we bit into that chicken last year, it was almost like you saw the the unicorns and the sea part and the you know all that other stuff. It was that good. And maybe because after the race. It was that right. you know we were hungry. I was running a marathon. Yeah. yeah. Um. But uh, it was that good. And then when we found out that they're opening a location here on the West Coast in Oakland, I mean, my brother's there once or twice a month now, um, religiously. And my nieces love the joint. So, um, as soon as they picked me up at the airport, we took a beeline right to Gus's Chicken downtown Atlanta. <laughs> nice. I wouldn't tell uh, all my athletes to do that though. You know. Yes. Oh, what are you Thank leading you. up to a race? But you know, when in Rome. Yes. Ooh, they got, I just looked them up. They got one out here by me. Oh, man. Yeah, they have a couple different locations. Oh, they don't close till nine. I might be having some Gus's chicken tonight. <laughs> <laughs> My mouth is watering over here, Coach hey, D. I ain't going to lie good, to you. Man. Crispy, <laughs> spicy, um, good sides, good sides mm -hmm. with the chicken. It's all about the chicken. And, you know, with, with uh, you know, I love dark meat, but that, that the chicken breast there mm -hmm. is moist, it is succulent. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and I and it's 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 fantastic. And I love me some fried chicken. So let's Listen, compare notes. The way that you uh, talk about it and give details, I mean, I think nobody cannot want to go to Gus's. And exactly. they are not a sponsor. You know, they don't, they don't they pay me anything. Sponsored. You know, I paid out of pocket. You know, so there was no trade out. I didn't get no fried okra or no deep fried pickles and some you know little side hustle money. Nope. Exactly. That's just all on the strength of the chicken. Exactly. So. Now, listen, I have to ask you this since we're on the conversation of food. So do you drink sweet tea? Did you get sweet tea while you're here? Because <laughs> let me tell you something. Years ago, this was several years ago, I was traveling often to California. And I'm from Georgia, so I'm a Southern, I'm a Southern girl, and I drink mm -hmm. sweet tea. Mm -hmm. And not, I don't drink tea and then you give me packets of sugar to put in it. No, I need the sweet tea to be cooked the sugar to be cooked into the tea. Right. There's a difference. Mm -hmm. Now, when I used to go to California, I used to ask for sweet tea and they used to look sideways at me because they're like, <laughs> what is sweet tea? And they were like, we can give you some tea and give you some packets. And I'm like, some Snapple? Like, you, that's want, not you, mean, you want, you want Snapple? <laughs> because the only thing that's going to happen is the sugar is going to drop to the bottom of the, of the, of the cup. I'm not going to get yeah. the sugar. So anyway, Coach B, did you get you some sweet tea while you were here? Like, I, what's what's your thoughts on sweet tea? I was over. I I did not. I do enjoy me some sweet tea. My okay. brother, um, childhood friend who lives in uh, Atlanta, George and his George and my sister in law did not. But fifty percent of the people who sat at that first, uh, you know, Friday night uh, fr fried chicken fest had sweet tea. Okay. So. Okay. Mm -hmm. I've more than yeah, made up with it. Sweet tea, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that's just, I tell people that well, all the time. I'm like, don't give me no tea with no sweeten it with this. Once sweet. you get out of Alabama, Alabama, you might find some in South Carolina. But once you get past there, people don't understand what sweet tea is. I, I'm with you on any, because I've, I went to school in DC and they were the same way. Uh -huh. I was like, I, cause I didn't know any difference. Cause they yeah. gave me some tea and I'm like, what is this? Why would y'all drink it? this? Yes. Why would you, why would y'all serve this to anyone? It, it was so like nasty. Exactly. Like, what is this? Why would you even, why do y'all even have a big old thing of this sitting over there? Cause how many people are actually getting this? Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I don't, I do not want number one. Gus's is a great fried chicken joint. I don't want to put them on blast because of their sweet tea, but I did hear some people, maybe at my table, maybe, <laughs> who said, this is a little light. This is a little <laughs> light. It's a little light. If they're from the Georgia, they know yeah. what they're talking about. Yeah, this, yeah. Because this is a little light. Yeah. I, I have, mean, you can go to McDonald's and get some sweet tea that it, that'll the make banging. you banging. But you know why you get banging <laughs> sweet tea at McDonald's? Because all them high school kids been growing up <laughs> Like, yeah, just dumping the sugar, <laughs> dumping the sugar, dumping the the sugar. and that's why McDonald's has some super sweet, sweet, because I've, I've waited tables in my life. When I first moved to Atlanta, I used to wait tables. And let me tell you, if, if my side work was sweet tea, oh, you were getting sweet tea where you had to... Mm -hmm. yes, you had to put drink that some water afterwards because you know you just drunk sugar. Shoot, yes. I mean, to the you point, like, that literally... Be tr true sweet tea drinkers will ask, if they come to the restaurant, like, they'll ask who made the sweet tea. Like, who made the sweet tea today? Oh, no, I can't, that ain't, you know, y'all need to let So-So get it because we need that you, sweet, sweet tea. I think that might be have to be an episode that Kevin and I focus on now, hydration of choice on race day. <laughs> Electrolytes or sweet tea? Stay tuned, right? Exactly, exactly. exactly. That is hilarious. Exactly. No, I seriously. am so happy you enjoyed your time. I mean, I know this wasn't the first time you, you've been to Atlanta, of course, but enjoyed this one, and it was a great thing with your family. Let me Now, was this your first in-person race this year? 
Uh, let's see. It was my first in-person race of 2021. And I'm thinking back to last year, I only had uh, two in-person events. One was the Atlanta Full. Then I ran a marathon in the state of Washington in September. Those are, so a lot of virtual stuff, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, only three live events in the last, you know, year. Basically. Yeah, yeah, I think you, I might be right along with you because I I didn't run I ran the five k, um, Publix last year. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't run any any long distance, and I'm not sure if I can remember what other race I had that was actually. Miler. Yeah, the ten miler. I did run the ATC uh, Atlanta Track Club um ten miler. Was that what a did couple you... of weeks ago? No, the it ten was miler was, was in October. November. November? Okay. Okay. November. Okay. Yeah. 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 But this was the first in person for this year for me. Um, what did you think of the organization of the race? What did you think of, I know you, you said you didn't really concentrate on the course that much, but just as an individual who ran it, what did you think of the course? What did you think of, of, um, of the race itself? I thought that the communication, um, of the event, the safety protocols that were being taken since the, the pre-race correspondence was, was good. The race day experience and getting people through the safety waiver and the temperature check uh, through the bib pickup, it didn't seem too cumbersome. The staggered start, I didn't feel that uh, like um, that I, anyone I had anxiety or anyone in my family because of p strangers who we didn't know were mm -hmm. too close. Um, I think we all just appreciated the ability to run a live event. And then the course itself, the venue. I mean, who gets the opportunity to run at a NASCAR venue and then to finish on the track? That just mm. does not happen. Yeah. And, uh, for the half marathon, I think there are uh, enough hills to kind of mix it up. Certainly not as hilly as, uh, you know, uh, downtown Atlanta last year. Um, the weather started, as we know, started to heat up a little bit towards the end. But all in all, even with the reduced amount of aid stations that were kind of self-service, it kind of worked. I mean, mm -hmm. um, I realize that we may not have that opportunity again to run at that venue, but I thought it was pretty cool. And you know, for the first timers, my sisters, they loved it. They, they really, really loved the experience. So um, all in all, I'd give uh, the Atlanta Track Club an A because they made it happen. They pulled off a live event, um, 5K, half marathon and marathon um, in, you know, at the end of February when that's just not happening at parts of the United States. It's just not. Mm -hmm. What time did you, what time was your start? uh half marathon yeah 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 just yep yeah, just before 8 30 okay yeah. gotcha mm -hmm. right. so we were an hour off of you so i think our heat up was a lot sooner than your heat up so me and tommy were like <laughs> it was yeah the, the sun 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 kind of got it got to us and you know i mean like I, I was telling india i wasn't prepared for it because it had been pretty cool here in atlanta leading up until like maybe two or three days before the race when all of a sudden we were getting temperatures in the 60s and the 70s so Mm -hmm. Ah, yeah, because I got in, I got in on um, Friday, and it was cool, not not too warm. Um, I do know early on race day morning, because I had an, uh, one of my athletes ran the full marathon. Uh, okay. Shout out to Nicole, uh, finished three three forty three, mm, um, coming off a three hundred coming off a three hundred mile month. So, wow. uh, and a hamstring injury. So mm -hmm. respect to her. Um, when I went out to to watch her uh, start, it was a little chilly. So I was a little concerned. It was very misty, but that all changed once our race got started. And certainly when your race got started, it was not misty and it was not cold. 
at all. It wasn't cold at all. No, so. We were standing at the start and literally the announcers were like, well, there's the sun saying good morning to you guys. And yep. literally the sun was oh, like busted out through the clouds and the heat started to increase. So I think Tommy, before we even took off to start, the sun was sun was out and ready. So yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, Coach, was um, your corral full or were they pretty much full in front of you and behind you in the morning? Yeah, that that eight thirty ish corral was because um, we have it on video. Yeah, there, it was at it was at max capacity. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's good. That's good because I think most people were trying to run early. And yeah. Fill them up. Yeah. Yeah. People, if you had a later start and you were playing it smart, you could have slid in. Um, it's kind of honor system. I mean, they asked you what time you started. So, and you know, maybe we started a little bit early. Maybe we didn't. Um, <laughs> not going to confirm or deny. Because I said, yeah. the sooner you start, the sooner you, you finish. You, you finish, know, and yeah, I, yeah. And I knew it was going to get warmer. So I just, let's, come on, folks, let's go ahead and get this party started. Yeah, know? I was telling India, if I would have known it was the honor system, I would have honorably come up much earlier and <laughs> go, ahead, <laughs> go ahead and got it. got it. Because I'm I'm an early morning. I like to run early in the morning. Yeah. That's when I get my miles in. I feel better mm-hmm. early in the morning. So, yeah. But, you know, it all worked out. And I'm really, I'm just so happy for you and your family that you had Thank such you. A, a great time. Thank you. Yes, yes. It's it's one of those things where, like you said, it's a it's a blessing to be able to even do in person right now because it is very few and far in between. Um, and I think Atlanta Track Club, I've seen some videos of some in-person races right now that I probably wouldn't be as safe at. Like I was mm-hmm. like, oh, like that. I've seen some pretty tight start waves. <laughs> mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that Atlanta Track Club has done a very good job with um, trying to um, facilitate it, uh, some good races or in as safe as possible. Um, I yeah. know that it's hard to choose the right words for that because it is a pandemic, but mm-hmm. you know, at the same time doing their best to do so. So I'm glad that you com- you enjoyed and were able to have a really good successful weekend with, like you said, family food and what was it? Fitness, family food. Yeah. And fitness. <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly. There you go. That's a t-shirt. That's a money making idea right there. It is. Trademark. Boom. Trademark. Yep. All right. Got it. <laughs> Well, what's, what, what's, what's up for, what's up for you next coach B? What do you have on tap? Um, thank you for asking Tommy. Uh, March is a big month for me personally and a big month for the running club that uh, I started uh, a decade ago in March. So mm. we're celebrating 10 years. Uh, wow. One of the Bay Area's, one of the South Bay's largest running clubs. So very proud of that. Uh, it's also my birthday month. So um, less, less about me and more about celebrating um, members of the running club that have been with us for a long time. So each, each day I'll be posting, you know, like legacy posts and um, showcasing different athletes, uh, their accomplishments, their contributions, uh, being able to re- revisit our history. That's more than just about running. We do a lot of volunteer work um, in the community that, you know, is, uh, makes me feel best. And we do look forward to getting back out there on, on race day. Um, and also um, just being mindful that never take your health for granted, you know, uh, take control of your health before your health takes control of you. Too many times oh, like we're that. like, oh, you know, we'll wait. And the challenge that I put out there in my birthday month is each birthday, challenge yourself to be healthier than your previous birthday, you know, and how is, how is healthy? It doesn't always mean that you're able to run faster or lift heavier weights. Health is all relative. Are you healthier in your relationships? Are you healthier in your job? Are you healthier with the res- the reflection that you see in the mirror? Can you be a healthier and happier version of yourself 
birthday to birthday. If you can kind of keep up that momentum, it just makes the world a better place to live in, you know? Awesome. So most awesome. definitely. Yeah. And now, now Coach, I'm sorry, go ahead, India. Coach B, how long have you been coaching? Uh, it's, I've been a, a certified coach since 18, 2018. And then once I were semi-retired from the hospitality business right before the pandemic hit and went in, I mean, this is what I do. This is this, I'm, I'm living my dream, I'm living my passion. I am a full time running coach. It's okay. paying the bills, you know, I don't That's feel like it's work, about. you know, so wow. um, with, with clients, you know, here on the West Coast, certainly um, in the Bay Area, but also clients in D.C., um, Virginia, um, New York, Florida. Um, so yeah, that's, that's great that the brand is growing. And, and that's, you know, a lot of what my partnership with Kevin and race mob and like what you guys are doing with podcasts and YouTube content, um, spreading our joy of the running community and people where the message is starting to resonate and they are building some trust and wanting to, you know, uh, feel, Hey, that I'm a blue collar runner. And, um, that, you know, on some level, you know, I practice what I preach, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm racing every other weekend. And once, you know, let's see, getting vaccinated first shot on Friday of this week. And um, once I get that second shot, I would hope to be a road warrior like I was this past weekend and get out and um, outside of just participating, but also being a race correspondent, you know, meeting with the race organizers, talking to the locals, getting those local eateries and favorite trails and meeting with local running clubs and uh, doing a preview of a race course and a uh, post race recap and sharing that with the race organizers and um, you know, I, I just, again, feeding my passion of travel, fitness, and food, you know, so it's the trifecta <laughs> for me. Exactly. That's great. Yeah, Coach B, we'll definitely have to connect me, you and Kevin, on the on the coaching standpoint of things and maybe do something um, extra when it comes to that. Yeah, so, certainly. We would welcome that. And we're, when, when you talk about coaching, um, you know, we are also paying it forward. Um, we are mentoring coaches, you know, looking at their business model, um, looking at their reach looking at their tools they're using um, to communicate with their athletes. Is it final surge? Is it training peaks? Um, and how can we not, coaches not look at each other as competitors. There's more than enough people out there that want to be happier, healthier versions of themselves, but being able to uh, collaborate and share best practices, maybe share training plans or, and have a larger voice showcasing coaches um, and the diversity that needs to be enhanced in, in, in the running community as well. Um, you know, Kevin and I are, are, are looking to really thrive in that space and helping coaches as well. You know, uh, recently appointed to the RRCA um, board um, interviewing committee and uh, just it gives me another platform to meet other individuals, like-minded, um, looking at the community from a macro perspective and you know, each of us doing our part of heavy lifting and having a, uh, um, a voice of color at the seat of the table. You know, nice. Yep. Awesome. Yes. Now, well, I look forward to connecting with you guys on that. Definitely. Um, just uh, go ahead, Coach B, and just kind of give your contact information, how people can follow you, because I'm sure after listening to you, they're definitely going to want to uh, keep up with you. Oh, well, thank you for the opportunity, Tommy. Uh, let's see. Email at Bertrand, B E R T R A N D, at racemob.com. Uh, let's see. Via Instagram, to legit fitness. And um, Instagram also Bertrand Newson, B-E-R-T-R-A-N-D, Newson, N-E-W-S-O-N. Um, and that's, you know, not easy. It's easy to, easy to find me and uh, whatever I can do to 
help anyone uh, discover or rediscover their inner athlete and be a happier, healthier version of themselves I'm all for it. You know, everybody wins that way. And again, exactly. thank you. Thank you both. You guys are crushing it. We love the energy of both of you guys. Kevin and I, your ears must be ringing all the time. So keep up the great job. Fantastic representation of teamwork, um, diversity with a lot of fitness flavor. Loving it. Thank you man, so Coach B keeps spouting off these T-shirts, man. I'm about to make some money hey, off on, you, hey. man. I'm loving these. I'm loving these slogans, man. I'm about to get me a, a, a print drop shop going and make some money. I'll with send Coach the address. B. I'll send the address. We got this. Listen. Collaborate. Collaborate. Exactly. Yes, I'm listen. loving it. Well, while we're still here, let's just go ahead and go around the corner. Go ahead, India. How can they follow you and get in touch with you? We do yes, of course. So you can always find me on my website, mousefromindia.com. You can find me on Instagram at I of Indigo, which is E-N-D-I-G-O. So I underscore of underscore indigo underscore runs. Um, but again, you can find me at mousefromindia.com and you can connect with me on all of my social media as well as email me there and also coaching opportunities. Exactly. And of course, you can reach me at Thomas W. Mitchell, the number two at gmail.com and teammate 68 on Instagram. You can try to get me on Facebook, but it probably won't work out for you. So another <laughs> great episode. I'm sorry. Another great episode. Another great episode. Coach B, thank you very much. India, thank you very much. And for the rest of y'all, we will see y'all in two weeks. Yes. See you guys. Peace. Have a good one. Peace. All right. Peace.